You are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 69 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories. My name is James Bodden, and I am so excited about today's guest, Alexandra Bartolette. She is a channel account manager at Lenovo and somebody that we actually have an interesting way that we originally met. I'll save that for the actual podcast itself, but know this. Alexandra is my favorite type of guest to have on the Lunch Break podcast because she's in the game every day and understands the nuances and what it's like to navigate a sales career in 2019 and 2020. It's it's a unique thing to try and build a meaningful sales career. Alexandra and I talk about that. We talk about how she got into sales. She provides a great snack break sales tip. So if you can't listen to the entire episode right now, take a listen to this snack break sales tip provided by Alexandra. Go back to whatever script you're using, whatever messaging you are using in your cold calls, and change it up to sound like yourself and change it frequently because you kind of talked about this i would do it for like you know a month or or two months or whatever but if you're feeling like your call script is just getting your nose (laughs) take a second and go back and read it to your friends like how am i sounding this how's my tonality what like would you talk to me um that would be my number one the number one sales tip is yeah be personable a fantastic tip again from somebody who's there on the front lines if you don't have time to listen to the entire episode go get back to what you need to get done so you can come back here and listen to this fantastic episode episode 69 of the lunch break podcast alexandra bartlett let's get right into this thing enjoy All right, everybody, here we are. This is episode 69 of the Lunch Break Podcast, and I have got uh, a very special guest, somebody that's actually a little bit unique in the way that we originally connected, and we'll get into it. Um, Alexandra Bartolet is here. Just really, really excited to have you here. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. And, and the reason that I say that it's unique the way that we met and the first time we spoke uh, was I think it was for a job. It was for a job. It was. I, I was hiring at one of my previous roles. And, uh, you know, I think this is one of the only times in my life and my sales career where I've interviewed somebody. And I think I told you, like, it's probably not a good idea for you to take this role. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, like it was so crazy because we hit it off the bat, like, like we were friends, like we knew each other. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you know what, Alex, this may not be the spot for you right now. You should probably just hang tight and keep looking. And I was like, well, who says that? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I thought about, okay, if I go the selfish route and bring somebody as good as she is here will I be able to sleep at night? <laughs> you know, and <laughs> what's funny is, uh, you know, what, like three months later, they let me go and there was no longer a business development department. So 
it all worked out for I was the, it was I was shocked when it happened, but I guess it all worked out. You knew something that I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I definitely was. <laughs> That's super funny. Uh, so, you know, and then we've stayed in um, contact, and you know, I, I just really kind of obviously we hit it off and and share a lot of the same views about sales and how to how to do this thing the right way in kind of the modern world that we live in. So um, let's just go ahead and get this thing started. I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everybody to get things kicked off. Uh, how did you get started in sales? Oh, man, how did I get started in sales? Well, <laughs> to be honest, it started with a, uh, a Google search. Uh, it was what was, what year was that? 2013, 14, 15. I don't even remember anymore, but I was in a career transition. Um, I had been a teacher for a long time. I, I loved teaching, but I, I knew I was just, I was losing some of that passion for it. And, um, I told myself if I ever walked into the classroom and I wasn't giving the kids as much energy and positivity that they deserved, um, that I would reevaluate some things. And, mm -hmm. I hit that point and it was kind of um, not expected, but, um, and then I was like, well, what the heck do I do? I have a degree in teaching, a history degree. Like who, what do you do with this? And so I was just like, I Googled and um, sales popped up and I was like, oh no, I don't want to do that. I hate salespeople. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I took some time and researched a little bit and I was like, you know what? If it's just talking to people, um, and that's really, you know, helping them solve problems. I, I can do that. That's what I did kind of as a teacher. And so, yeah, Google, it helped me get a job. <laughs> hey, there we go. No, and it's funny because I think what I've found just from talking to people through this podcast is that sales is one of those professions that's, a, that's definitely so varied and so wide of a profession that like really any previous experience in anything else is probably going to help you out in some way. It's very Absolutely. interesting, you know, whether you, I mean, manual labor or a teacher or an engineer or whatever, you're going to be able to take those things and apply it into sales because it's just such a nuanced profession. And there's so many different shades of doing it the right way and, and, different types of buyers and all of these things. And so when you, when Google came through for you and you, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and you found that first job, you know, obviously you had gotten over the initial stereotype. Hey, I don't want to be a salesperson, blah, blah, blah. But you know, what was that experience like actually going into that first role, that first sales job? Oh man. Um, it was, it was scary. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, and the place that I started out had a really awesome intro to sales program. Like they spent a good, I don't know if it was two or three weeks, really training you how to just get your feet wet in sales. And um, I remember like the thought of getting on the phone and talking to people that I don't know um, who never heard of me about a product that I don't, I'm still kind of learning, <laughs> scared the crap out of me. Um, and like go through that process was, it, I, 
you learn a lot of strengths. And what, what I kind of learned was at some point, I just had to be myself. Um, and then it was funny because, you know, during training, I was fine. And then I got lucky in my first like territory was Canadians. And if you've ever sold to Canadians, I mean, they're, they're willing to talk to you. So it was great. Um, I, uh, I felt I was kind of blessed because I didn't get like, um, you know, New York. territory. Yeah, I was going to say like New York where, you know, you're going to be have to be like quick and short. This was Canadian and they wanted to like talk about, you know, um, oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember the, the game that they play with the puck. Anyways. Oh, yeah. hockey. Yeah. Well, not hockey. It's the other one. Oh, curling. 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 Yes. Yeah. Okay, Um, the much more popular thing that they do on ice, curling, (laughs) got it. Curling. (laughs) Um, And I had to learn so much about Canadian culture from that. But anyways, yeah, so that was my first experience was like scary. Uh, Wasn't sure if it was really what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. um, because I wasn't sure if I knew what I was doing at all. And I never felt like I did, but in that first role, but I think you just kind of get over that and you just keep pushing through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's fantastic that you came into a role that, that recognized where you were at, right. And brought you in and gave you some extra training and said, Hey, these are the basic tools you're going to need to kind of at least be able to start doing this thing. And then, Hey, our neighbors north of the border helped you out, right? I mean, that, they that's, did. that's like you said, kind of a luck of the draw thing. I think that's so funny um, that, that uh, and, and that's such a real factor too. You know, that's such a real difference maker. If you had gotten a different territory, it legitimately, you know, would have been harder. I think that's super interesting. And a lot of folks, that first sales job is kind of, one where they get thrown to the wolves and they have no training. So I think that's great. You know, and I, I, I know several people that worked at that company. Right. And, and they do have like, they, it's a great, like, I know lots of people that worked there and then went on to do other things and they're all successful. Right. And they're all still in sales and it's just a really great foundation. So I love that that um, was kind of your introduction into it. So you said you weren't really sure Mm, is this for me? I'm doing this thing. Mm-hmm. At what point did you say, and, and, you know, it may not have even been at that first role. It could have been a couple of years down the road. Cause I know that's kind of how it was for me when I started in sales, but at what point did it go from, okay, I needed to get a job. I found a job. I'm, I can tolerate the job. I can do the job. Do I enjoy the job? And when does it become a passion? And when do I start becoming the version of myself where I'm wanting to learn more and connect with people and, and all of those kind of that next level. Right. So how did that process go for you? Yeah. So it was kind of a twofold situation for me uh, in in the sense of like um, what intrigued me was technology. And um, (laughs) before I even started sales, I was lucky I knew how to turn on my computer. Like, <laughs> and now here I am talking about, you know, the cloud and file servers and data governance. But anyway, um, the way it started, I, I was, you know, sales was good. It was, I was a job, like you said, 
Um, but I started to dig more into technology and I wanted to learn more about tech. And why I say it's twofold is because that got me interested more in like, what kind of people am I talking to? What do they do? What are they actually working with? What is their day to day? And though it didn't right away increase my interest in sales and what I was doing and passion for that, because it didn't, it just created my like drive to understand more about tech. And then I want to say it's, it's, and this is going to sound really crazy, but last year has been a very transformational for me to become myself in sales. And it took a lot of like hurdles. I had to overcome some big hurdles and um, just change the way I viewed things. And um, it was really when I started getting engaged in LinkedIn and I, I started looking, you know, for a while I was watching your posts and looking at people that you were following. Um, but really what gave me the passion for sales was just like getting in there and getting dirty with LinkedIn and just like talking to people about what they were coming up with and what, issues they were coming you know, across and then taking that and taking it to my team and saying like, Hey, let's make this work for us. Can we try this out? And then my passion for just like the tech and talking to the technology people turned into a passion to how can we take what we know about these people and deliver a message that makes sense. I know it's like basic sales one-on-one, but I think before you, when I was first in sales, it was just about doing the job. It wasn't yeah. about creating new stuff. And now I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I want to get better. I want to do better. I want to be myself. We lose, I think we lose ourselves in sales when you first start, especially if you are unsure of what you're doing. Mm. Don't know what you're doing. I was thinking about this this morning, actually, um, was like imposter syndrome is real. And so I think in real. sales, you can like get to a point where you're just like, I have no clue what I'm talking to these people about or why I'm calling them. But you have to realize, yeah, you do you more than yeah you do because you wouldn't be calling them in the first place so and they don't know more about the product than you do so just calm yourself down <laughs> like i have to tell myself that every day but that's like really where that love and passion for sales has kind of shifted yeah yeah because it is a mystery right you start in a sales job and you start calling whoever it is that you're supposed to call and you probably have no clue what that job is you've never really heard of it like my the first ICP I ever had to cold call was controllers of auto dealerships. <laughs> Literally zero clue what a controller was. I had never heard of that. I didn't know about that. I didn't go to college. I don't know nothing. What is a controller? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, you start, there's this huge mystery of like, okay, well, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to say these things and I'm going to say them in the order that you're going to tell me to say them. And I'm going to hope that it makes sense. <laughs> you yeah. know? And, and, and you could do that for a long time. You know, you could get by with just doing that and not really digging in. But, you know, I think that's an interesting way to come around to finding that kind of groove or uh, just a, maybe a, a little bit deeper of an understanding of what sales is to you. Because look, I mean, uh, your profession, this is something that I've struggled with big time. Your profession is, is it, you know, it's not your whole identity. You know, it's yeah. not, you're, you're going to do different things. You're going to be a different, you know, you're not always going to be that whatever you are now, a teacher or uh, 
camp counselor or a salesperson or a sales manager, you know, th those things are going to change. And I think a lot of the time when you get into a new role, you're, you are trying to find out like, how is this going to define me? How is this going to fit into who I am? You know, cause you maybe had figured that out with teaching, right? You went to school yeah. for it. You kind of knew what you were going to do. You did it. And then now you're in this new space in your life where you're like, okay, so how is being a salesperson? Like, does that change the way that I am outside of work? Am I, should I be reading books? Should I, you know, I mean, <laughs> those are the kind of things that you think about. And I love that you're, you're talking about it here because so many people have that struggle and imposter syndrome, super real. I think that, that, but, but the way that you approached it of, okay, well, let me recognize all of these feelings I'm having. And the way that I'm going to get over it is by not going inward, but actually going out and trying to figure out who are these people I'm talking to? What do they yeah. care about? What are the, you know, I think that's a fantastic, that pro, that saved you so much time. Cause I think a lot of people's natural reaction is to go inward, you know, Oh, well, let me start reading a bunch of books or like get better. Like, let me make myself better and not really worry about who the hell I'm calling or anything like that. And that's just from years and years of mistakes. I've found that that's not the way to do it. You know, and folks like Josh Brown will tell you all the time, yeah. you know, you got to start worrying about what your prospects care about. And so I think that's such a valuable piece of advice. You know, if you're kind of in that same point where you're like, there's this big mystery, who the hell are these people? What am I really <laughs> doing here? You know, like go out and, and, and find it. Right. And I, I love that you kind of did that. And it's interesting that you, that, that, that led you to being able to kind of settle in and find a, because like, look, let's be honest. I mean, who, nobody grows up and wants to be uh, a salesperson. Yeah. I mean, or, or, or no. half, or half the things that people end up doing, you know, I mean, like nobody grows up and wants to be a, an analyst at, at, for whatever, whatever. I mean, you know, we grow up and, uh, and we're in these roles and it's really up to us to like find the passion, like, yeah. You're not going to be a famous painter probably. So what you're doing to make money to survive and kind of make it through, how are you going to tie that to who you are as a person? So um, what, what, what has been the difference for you? You know, like what, what have now in this past year kind of stepping into that way of thinking, what's, what's been the big difference? Yeah, I, I really think that, just learning how robotic I was sounding for so long and how I wasn't being myself um, in those early conversations mm -hmm. and early sales stuff. It was it had nothing to do with, you know, I had great training, but I feel like I was just repeating a very scripted version of myself. What I found is that was not making me happy in that job. <laughs> it wasn't making me excited to get up every morning and do what I was doing. And so I knew that I was a creative person. I knew that my passion resolves around like memes and food. And so like, how can I incorporate that in like silly outreach and not being afraid to just be silly. Um, mm -hmm. There's so much stuff you will read on LinkedIn about, you know, how so many, many ways to do our job, like so many ways. Yeah. But if you don't find ways that fit who you are and like 
make sense for who, what you do and how you talk and like just that you're really cutting yourself short. Um, I can never like exactly take something you wrote in email and like spit it out the exact same way because that's just not my wording. And so I think what's really changed is just, I, I went back, I read something a long time ago, a couple months ago about how if you're a teacher, why don't you bring what was what you loved about teaching, which is to me creativity, you know, being funny. I put videos and tried to do all these creative ways to get my kids' attention. Why didn't I bring that to what I was doing in sales? And it was just like an eye-opener moment. Like, what? Why am I not? Why am I just doing what everybody else is doing? So yeah. um, when I had that revelation, it, it changes because you're no matter what's going on, like, let's be honest, whether you're hitting your quota or, you know, everything's going awesome or whether you're not doing that, there, passion has to still be there to do what you're doing. So for me, that's being funny. For me, that's doing those little things that makes those lows just kind of push through them because I'm finding something else that's passionate about what I'm doing. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it's about finding your voice and <laughs> You know, I think, yeah, hey, there we go. Um, (laughs) No, I think everybody struggles with that. You know, you get into a, especially, I think it's maybe born out of that mystery, right? It's that mystery of like, who am I calling? Um, There are these big corporations. I don't really even know what this corporation does. And so like, just to be safe, let me just be super formal, pretend to be somebody I'm not and try and get in the door that way where if you know a little bit more about these people who you're calling out to it makes them more human and it makes them uh then then the idea of being a little bit playful with your copy or sending over a mean doesn't seem weird it's like well no this is the way to do it (laughs) because i don't want you know we have a marketing department that sends marketing emails right? We don't need to be doing the same thing over here in sales. Like we need to be the humans doing the outreach. And so I love that revelation of just, Hey, it's okay to be myself. And it's actually what's going to allow me to maintain through the ups and the downs. Cause that's another fantastic point. That, that motivation, that inspiration that you, that we're all kind of constantly seeking and looking for that passion. Well, I mean, that's the most useful uh, application of that passion is, is that it gets you through all of the roller coaster stuff, right? Because it's, it's definitely not all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to always say when they asked me, like, what, what brought you to sales? And I would say money. And now I've realized that that, come, that can come and go in that, that position no matter what you're doing. So yeah. that's the only reason why you're in sales. You're gonna have a struggle when you don't get that money. Yeah. So I had to find something else to do what I do. <laughs> yeah, no, and I mean, I think that is a, another fantastic point, right? It's like, okay, nine times out of ten, when you do ask somebody, "Hey, why did you start?" You know, why did you get started in sales? Oh, well, you know, I knew I could make more money, or I needed to make money, or I was working at this company and the salespeople made more money. You know, it's a lot of the times about money. Uh, I'm not rich. I've been in sales for 12 years and I am way far away from 
accumulating as much wealth as I thought I would at the beginning of my sales <laughs> career, right? I mean, I thought it was uh, just a matter of, you know, a few years before, you know, I was clocking six figures and driving a fancy car and, and uh, you know, getting $200 haircuts. Now, uh, I haven't had a haircut in two years uh, because I sometimes can't afford it. And uh, we're, you know, I do inside sales and wear sweatpants all day. But so it's a, very, it's a very different thing. No, I mean, it's a, but you bring up a good point. It's not the majority of the salespeople that I bring on this show, right? The individual contributors, the AEs, the SDRs, the BDRs, the, the, uh, you know, first level, second level managers, you know, you're not, you're, you're probably not making a whole lot of money, uh, no. especially not right away. And, um, you know, if you're lucky, maybe it's consistent, but you know, you got to get that takes time. Right. And, and um, so, yeah, if, if you're only in it for the money or if you're thinking, Oh, give this three years and I'm going to be knocking it out of the park. I mean, that, Hey, maybe, there are, there are definitely places and, and you could walk into the right role at the right time and the right moment with the right territory and you might be, you know, living your best life in a couple of years. But the more likely outcome <laughs> is that yeah. you're going to, you know, it's going to take a while. You're going to, you know, I you're think you're going to be trudging. Yeah. And, and you're going to have to maybe try a few different companies out and try a few yep. different roles out. And that's going to kind of set you back. And, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about this and they asked, and I was telling them this exact same thing. They were like, what you haven't, you know, like, why haven't you made like six figures and why aren't you, you know? And I was like, well, look, five years ago, if I had stayed in cell phones and I had become a district manager and a regional manager, I would definitely be making that kind of money but I saw what that was like and I knew I didn't want to do that. Right. And so it's a, um, you know, what you realize when you actually get into it, it's just like anything else, right? Okay. Well, there's always sacrifice attached to whatever, uh, positive outcome there is. Right. And you got to weigh the options and, and sales is a brutal game. And so, yeah, I know guys that are and gals that are making tons of money, but they're on the road a lot. They work a ton and you know, maybe they're not the happiest they could be if they were making 80,000 and had a little bit more time to themselves. I don't know. Absolutely. That is like, um, crazy. I read this book, um, a couple months back called the subtle art of not giving a, there's a word I'm sure. You, yeah. You're familiar with that. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and the book, you know, it's good. It has, its, but I think the very first few chapters talking about, like that exact thing, your ability to like what, what values you have and what you're willing to give up to achieve those values. And for me, like, yeah, six figures sounds amazing. Would I love to have no student loan debt, not no debt at all. Like just to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, living the dream. Absolutely. I mean, yes, that's a goal. Um, but I also don't want to give up like my personal life, um, you know, and all the other things that I do enjoy. So it's like, I'm okay with balance. Balance is what I value. And that's that's completely okay to accept that and like you know be okay with where you're at in life and move on and like mm -hmm. find and sales is not always like if if that's your goal in sales to make a million dollars and recognize that that's you know there's other sacrifices you have to give up to do that anyways but and I'm if you're okay with really that yeah perfect. that's fine yeah right and and that's the other thing is it, it 
I, I love hearing this, especially, you know, for somebody that, that, uh, you know, you have a long sales career ahead of you. Um, it, you know, if you want, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's great to hear because it's really, that's how you end up at, in, in the right type of role, uh, five years down the road, you've done, you've kind of figured some things out. You've, tried enough things you've tasted enough different things to know okay well this is the type of role that I want to do with the type of company that I want to be at and this is you know now uh given all this experience and all these mistakes that I've made because that's another thing uh, very quickly your mistakes and your failures uh become valuable going forward like it's amazing that's the one of the things that I've realized is like all the mistakes that I made and when I felt bad when I was doing it and going through hard times, it's like, oh, now this is so valuable to other people because I can just share that. Like, hey, don't do that because we did this here and it was a disaster, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You bring up a really good point, too. Um, I was just thinking about this. I had this conversation with someone. Um, it's the finding of different rules and stuff like that. And I've had to... Um, you know, defend my resume a little bit because I've, I've bounced around. Um, but like you said, the mistakes and like what I've learned on every single one of those roles, every single place, like I don't regret it. Like actually at first I was always embarrassed that I don't regret bouncing around because I learned so much from each place, but I learned so much about myself. I learned about what I was looking for. I learned about, you know, what matters to me. And like you said, good, good, bad, ugly, whatever. It doesn't look pretty all the time on a resume, but it, it was well worth that, that, you know, a journey. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've done the same, right. I mean, I've, yeah, I've bounced around and, and I spent, yeah, the first five years of my sales career, I was super scared to do that. I was like, no way, you know, you can't just do that. You got to stay someplace, <laughs> you know, and I was miserable for way too long. Um, and then, <laughs> And then I kind of just went into the exact opposite mode. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like now it's not even worth me telling people where I'm working. Uh, Like tertiary friends that I may talk to every six months or like a year or even like family members. Like I'm just, I just tell them some generic thing like, oh, I work at a startup because it's probably going to be different. The next time I see him, you know, uh, I still have people, hey, you how's Radio Shack, you know, or whatever. It's like, guys, I've had like 18 different jobs since then. And I think uh, it's an important thing to kind of talk about because you, there is that fear. Oh, I'm going to get labeled as a job hopper. But yep. you're not doing anybody any favors by staying in a role that for whatever reason is not right. Maybe you're not good at it. Maybe the management is shitty. Maybe it's a mixture of both. Maybe things just aren't the right fit. Whatever it is, you're not doing any favors by sitting around, especially in a sales role. You know, you gotta, you gotta get on and you gotta like kind of move on to the next thing. And I think what I've found and I would encourage anybody else that's kind of in the same position of, you know, you're, like you said, you don't regret it. You're ready to talk about it when it gets brought up, but yeah. it, is, it is a factor, right? I think now that's a litmus test for me. Like if you really care so <laughs> much about how many jobs I've had and that's going to be some sort of disqualifier, then I don't want to work for you anyway, you know? I so, uh, I mean, 
because in today's world, if you're like living in the now, you realize, okay, well, there's a good chance that, um, <laughs> you know, there's a million different reasons why somebody would, would leave. And, you know, as long as I can talk to this person and it wasn't like, always somebody else's fault or all you know or whatever oh, yeah. you know, some sort of like glaring uh <laughs> you know bad character trait coming through I mean yeah I think it's it's just the reality of the way that it is so um kudos to you for you know not giving a f <laughs> well I it took me a little while to get there but yeah um, yeah and and I, realistically, we all still kind of struggle with it you know yeah, in the back of your mind, you're always like, oh, man, can't believe I did that. But you know what? Every risk I've taken has, you know, given me some kind of reward. It may not always be monetarily, but I mean, yeah. it's been a fun ride and I can't, whatever. I yeah. love it. <laughs> well, and I can tell you, uh, the moment I started taking more risks and uh, just had had that mindset of like, okay, well, I'm not going to shy away from you know, a new opportunity or something that feels a little risky, you know, that changes the game. So, you know, you're absolutely on the right path. And, and I'm looking at the time here. I want to make sure that uh, I ask you for just a quick sales tip that folks listening to the show can go back to their desk and use once they get done listening to the podcast. That's a good one. Um, one quick sales tip. I would say um, my, my, my sales tip would be go back to whatever script you're using, whatever messaging you are using in your cold calls and change it up to sound like yourself and change it frequently because you kind of talked about this. I would do it for like, you know, a month or, or two months or whatever. But if you're feeling like your call script is just getting your nose, <laughs> take a second and go back and read it to your friends. Like, how am I sounding this? How's my tonality? What do, like, would you talk to me? Um, that would be my number one, th- number one sales tip is yeah. be personable. Mm, I love it. And it's something you could literally go do now. Cause I know there's, Absolutely. A, few, there's a few people out there knowing, knowing good and damn well that that script sounds like somebody from Shakespeare's time wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> they're robotically like and i'm calling you today because okay it's fine like laugh like take a, i don't know i've had to like really just laugh at myself all the time and maybe it was because canadians i started with canadians but and they just they just make you laugh so you just go with it and you have to realize like if you're not yourself it comes across on the phone and people are like what the heck who are mm. you why am i talking to you it's so real it's such a great piece of advice. <laughs> um, and uh, I need to ask you the same question I ask everybody to end each episode. Uh, what is your favorite place to eat lunch? Oh, man, Sam, I'm on a diet right now. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Look, no. Okay, so let's live outside of that, right? Let's, <laughs> oh, let's, let's venture out into, you know, you don't have to live in the, in the real world for this question. <laughs> Perfect. Um, if, if I, can I go anywhere in the world for this question? Yeah. Yeah. I Raleigh? mean, oh. yep. Let's just, okay. yeah. Let's not keep it in Raleigh. Thank goodness. Um, I would go, um, I think it was 
Giardino's pizza in Chicago. I want a big deep dish, mm. extra sauce, cheese. That's yeah, right That's there. That's it. I love That's it. it. Fantastic answer. Alexandra, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, how can people connect with you, follow your journey? Absolutely. Obviously, LinkedIn, Alexandra Bartlett. Um, my Instagram is still B Teaches History. So connect with me there. Yeah. And then Facebook. Yeah. However you guys want to connect, I'm always out there and willing to chat with other professionals. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's super underrated, right? I mean, uh, I know, and you spoke to it earlier, when you're in sales, you can sometimes feel alone, right? And you can sometimes yep. feel like on an island and it's just, you know, uh, Alexandra is a great person to connect with because you always keep it real. We can bounce ideas off each other and, and it's fantastic. So thank you so much for taking the time to come by the Lunch Break Podcast. And with that, I'm going to end episode number 69. Speak to you guys soon. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.